This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Alana Inquirer podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner, Alana Inquirer publisher with you. Knocking out these podcasts this week. I hope you enjoyed the Illini football recruiting chat. I don't know if you enjoyed all of it, but I hope you learned something or or enjoyed our analysis of the good stuff going on in the transfer portal uh, and the not-so-good stuff in prep recruiting so far. Today, it's mostly Illinois basketball talk. I have on Derek Piper, and we break down a lot. One, Adam Miller signing. Yes, it's done. I uh, didn't have a chance to do an emergency pod with him since he was on radio when it was actually happening, uh, but we chat about that. We chat about where Adam Miller and Andre Corbello could fall in the rankings. We talk about the transfer market and the top target for Illinois right now, Shondi Brown of Wake Forest, and the latest on that. We also, yes, with little nuggets coming out about draft stock, we talk about daring to dream for Illinois basketball. I hope Iodasumu and Kofi Coburn both get drafted for them personally, but I know Illini fans who want them to do well would love to have those guys come back, especially after not seeing them in the NCAA tournament uh, due to the pandemic. It'd be great to see them come back and have such a great year. We talk about the possibility of them coming back and what that would mean for Illinois, where they would rank in the Big Ten. So that's a little bit of a fun conversation with Derek. But before we get to Derek, I do want to talk about Brevin Jones, the latest addition to Transfer You. Yes, Lovey Smith, the Fred Hoiberg of college football. That is number five transfer of this recruiting cycle for Illinois and fills a monster need uh, for Illinois. Not this year, because this year I am excited about what the offensive line is going to look like. I'll go left to right here. Vidarian Lowe, Kendrick Green, Doug Kramer. Blake Jarasati, the fifth-year transfer, FCS All-American, and Alex Pelczewski. I think I just named off a couple NFL players. I think I named off a couple All-Big Ten players. I am excited about that group, and I don't know if Illini fans feel good enough about their offensive line because they should. That's a very, very good group. But all of those guys, not guaranteed to come back next year. Four of them are guaranteed to be gone, and Kendrick Green, I think, is an All-Big Ten caliber player, which, of course, will put him in the NFL discussion after his redshirt junior season. So Illinois needed and absolutely needed some future options because offensive line recruiting has been okay. Uh, I thought they did a solid job last year finding some prospects who are going to take time to develop. The 2019 recruiting cycle wasn't very good. The 2018 recruiting cycle, we're still waiting on Virtus Brown and Julian Pearl and Jordan Slaughter to take that next step. And obviously Illinois went and got Gerasati because they weren't comfortable enough with that. So Brevin Jones comes from Mississippi State. Mississippi State was his only Power 5 offer 
out of college uh, or out of high school, but I, I really like him as a prospect. I like Mississippi State's evaluation of him, but Mississippi State staff gets fired. Joel Moorhead gets fired. Marcus Johnson, who is his offensive line coach, now at Missouri. But I can tell you, I know those guys are really excited about his potential. And when you turn on his high school film, you see that he wasn't quite strong enough. But that can be fixed, right? Uh, as long as he's got the genetics to add weight, that can be fixed. And he's got a frame that can. And from what I heard, he's up to 290, almost 300 pounds at Mississippi State. 6'4", but he looks longer than that. Um, he's also just really athletic, quick feet. He gets after people. He's supposed to be a really hard worker. And I, I think this is a nice addition for Illinois and just gives them more options because you start to look again at that 2021 group and you hope I would plug in Virtus Brown as a starter because he needs to be. I would plug in Jordan Slaughter as a starter because he needs to be. Uh, but after that, Brevin Jones, I'm putting in there. Uh, you hope Kendrick Green is back, uh, but I'm not sure w- whether he will or not because I think very, very highly of Kendrick Green. I look at Brevin Jones and I see him play tackle in high school and I think he can play that because even though he's listed at 6'4", I think his arms are longer than that, and that's one of the keys. Uh, but at Mississippi State, he played guard, center, and uh, that's obviously a position that Illinois could use as well. I mean, center after Doug Kramer's gone, uh, they don't really have guys ready to step in there. So be very interesting to see where Brevin Jones uh, plays at the next level. But I did catch up with Steve Robertson, who covers Mississippi State for 24-7 sports. Caught up with him on my radio show. I'll play a little clip of him uh, here, breaking down what he saw from Brevin Jones in his one year at Mississippi State. Yeah, you know, like you said, he redshirted, but uh, we did get a chance to see him in practice, and I had a great relationship with uh, Coach Marcus Johnson, who was offensive line coach, and they really thought that he would grow into being the starting center uh, later in his career. He was expected to probably see some time on the two-deep chart this year at uh, center and right guard, but uh, long-term the plan was for him to be the trigger man on the offensive line and, and uh, because he is a very intelligent kid, and that's one of the things that I think gets undervalued at times when we think about offensive linemen. You know, he's a guy that can handle the checks. He's a guy that can handle the protections and all that sort of stuff. And so Marcus felt that he was a guy that was a little bit of a developmental player when he first signed him. And when they got him in here, they realized that he was a guy that could take coaching and was really beginning to progress. And so uh, I, I don't think there was any doubt had Joe Moorhead and his staff stayed here, he probably ends up staying on and, and becomes the Bulldog starting center at some point. That sounds good to me. Even if it's not a tackle, Illinois could use a position at any point on the offensive line. And again, I like his ceiling, and Mississippi State coaches did as well. But I asked Steve, what's the biggest thing he needs to do to get here to live up to his potential? I think it's just getting stronger. You know, it's one, it's just, it just reps, you know, and experience. I mean, I think he certainly has the talent and certainly has the work ethic to be a very good player at Illinois. I think it's just a matter of him getting some game reps and seeing himself on film and then you know, being able to kind of take some corrective you know, measures. Because, he, again, you know, a lot of guys show up and they've kind of got this attitude that I've already done it all. You know, I'm in, I'm in the Power Five. You know, I'm good enough. But I never got that sense from him. He was always a guy that was very gracious and did interviews and uh, was always willing to talk and interact with you. And so – uh, and, and Marcus Johnson will tell you that, and again, he's in Mizzou now, but you know, Marcus will tell you this is a guy that, uh, that has a bright future because he is willing to take coaching. 
I like the addition. I've liked most of the transfer additions by Lovey Smith, and I think they're doing really well on the transfer portal. You just like to see them get going a little bit uh, on the high school recruiting uh, area, and I, I think there's definitely an urgency with that staff to get that going, especially now that you know, maybe one more transfer spot, and, and I think the priority, if it's a one-year guy or if it's an immediate impact guy, the priority would be defensive tackle. Uh, get someone in there that can, you know can make an impact, can push Calvin Avery. Uh, Anthony Shipton's coming in, but you'd like to get even more options because Jamal Woods uh, struggled with injuries and, and Deion Pate you haven't seen a lot yet, even though I think he can be a solid rotation guy. But I think defensive tackle uh, would be the immediate need. But if there's not a defensive tackle you like, I could look more long-term, and I would just keep stocking those same positions, which would be offensive line. If you can find another multi-year guy who can start for you next year, I think that'd be great. Or another wide receiver uh, who can help out with Brian Hightower. I was like, you're going to have to sit out next year, but that could be good for Illinois in the long-term to get two years of him after Matt Torbebe graduates. All right, next, let's talk some Illini basketball. Derek Piper's going to join us next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Welcome back into the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Werner, Derek Piper together. And you know what that means, Derek. <laughs> we, we podcast and then breaking news happens. So what could be the breaking news for Illinois basketball within the hours of posting this? It'll be Shondi Brown from Wake Forest going on the positive side. Uh, Kofi decides he's had enough of the process, what little process there is to have. I don't think that's going to happen. Io is Io going to? Come back? I, I don't know. But uh, right now it's probably football, right? It's got to be football. Yeah. Uh, well, it's all been transfers, Derek. Do you, do you want to get, get a bid in? What do you think of transfer you? What do you think of the Fred Hoiberg of college football here? Whatever, whatever works. Whatever works. I like the, the wide receiver from Miami, four-star, former uh, top 200-rated prospect. So get him in the mix. And I like to see a defensive lineman. I, that's where, that would make me feel – pretty good about uh, what they're able to do. The offense is going to be fine, but I think defensive line is my main concern. But on the basketball side, Derek, it's almost been like all positive. Like I know there's some fretting about Io and Kofi, but that's like good fretting. That's what good programs do. Uh, what's it been like to be on that end? Because it wasn't that way for, for so long on your sport too. Yes, yeah, it's, it's different. It's welcomed. It, it's been nice now that Adam Miller's name's on the dotted line and it, it makes it easier. It makes it easier when you're dealing with positivity and obviously expectations that things are going to go well in recruiting and uh, hoping, holding out hope. A lot of people still that obviously Kofi's going to come back and, and the buzz there is is still pretty good. We'll, we'll see. He's got to make his decision. But yeah, after how many years we've been doing this, quite a few where recruiting doesn't go as you hope. You get your hopes up and then get let down. And then on the, on the court, it's it's tough. It's It's a welcome change for sure. Well, Adam Miller did sign, and we didn't do an emergency pod because you were actually on the air uh, when that happened. So I figured, hey, the, the drive's got it. Um, so Adam Miller signs, and you have now two. I think Andre Cabello is going to be bumped up to in the twenty four seven sports rankings to where he'll be a 50, top fifty composite guy. Um, what what a recruiting class! And you add Coleman Hawkins, who's a nice piece in this, Derek. And uh, let's start with Adam Miller. I mean, let's be honest, that was weird. Like that that whole process when we went up to Jordan's store and he didn't sign and you're sitting there going, man, six months of this where we're going to be speculating on this. But he ends up signing and what a signing it was. But it was a winding road to get there. It was for sure. We had Jim Coleman on our show and he said, never a doubt. I'm not, I'm not sure how 
entirely accurate that is throughout the entire process. Uh, there was talk throughout the season, you get to late December, early January, that Adam's going to come regardless as far as the IO situation, the dynamic there, and Adam was showing up for games, um, and he was on board. And I, I know that a week goes by, and, and you do start to wonder, and there was, uh, without answers from Adam, there, there were questions, and understandably so, but uh, to be able to, to get him fully on board, and, and he wanted to go back to Peoria and announced from his grandma's house. So I understand all that. Adam's a, he's a showy guy. Let's be honest. He, he likes to put on a show. And uh, Chin said, if the recruit, if the guy wants to go to Vegas for a couple of days, let him go to Vegas. <laughs> so uh, let him enjoy the process and, uh, you know, you get Adam uh, joining the, the program, which is something obviously that, that dates back to the John Gross era. They highlighted him as someone we got to get and for Brad Underwood and Chin to, to pull that off. It's, Absolutely big. So he gets the Dennis Rodman treatment is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So so Adam's on board. Andre's on board. Coleman Hawkins on board. Uh, this class is top two in the Big Ten. And uh, 24-7 Sports going to re- readjust their rankings. And uh, from what I hear, Derek, Curbelo is going to get a nice bump. I, I don't know how much, so I don't want to promise anything. Uh, but I, I know there was one very prominent coach uh, who told, talked to somebody at 24-7 said, Andre Curbelo is closer to a top 25 guy than a top 50 guy. I know as we look at this, Derek, uh, 24-7 sports, uh, their recruiting rankings often are judged by the draft. So that's why sometimes a guy like Adam Miller has more pro potential likely than than Andre Curbelo. But if you're doing just college, you might put Curbelo above Adam Miller. And that's no slight to Adam Miller. It's just Andre Curbelo could be that good. Uh, where ultimately do you think they should be ranked? And, and how would you go about rankings uh, with these guys? Yeah, it's tough because we obviously don't get a chance to see everybody out there. And we, we've got a great staff with, with Snow and Daniels and, and Gershon do a great job. Um, they, they've really been able to see all these guys. As you mentioned, I think the fact that Curbelo's in the 70s right now, which is too low, let's be honest, yeah. but uh, that probably is more geared toward the fact that Curbelo is a smaller point guard. Uh, that's going to be a question as far as the level after when he goes to Illinois. Uh, also, the three-point shot is still something he needs to continue to – to get better and develop, but I think he's no doubt top 50 guy. And if he pushed towards the top 40, which is around where Adam's at, uh, I could see that because I think that there are quite a few evaluators out there, not only around the Illinois staff or just what their expectations are. Some think that Curbelo is more impact ready than Adam is, uh, just as far as where his game is going, how he translates. Uh, we know that he's going to be able to be comfortable with the ball in his hands and being able to facilitate. Uh, I think there's no doubt about that. Adam, again, that's a that's a high-level score, a bucket getter. Uh, we, we saw Io go through some struggles early on, and we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens with Adam. He's going to have a chance to, to contribute a lot early on. But I think they should be in the similar range, top 40 range. I'm not sure how much Adam is going to elevate. And a lot of this is based on what happens over the summer. Right. So they really lean heavily on Peach Jam and, and the eval period. So – it's tough to get out and see everybody in high school, but Curbelo get a nice bump. That that sounds about right. Yeah, I think he should. Hopefully, he does. Um, Adam Miller, talking to Brad just a, a week ago about him, Derek. You know, Io made such a big impact, and and so had Trent and Georgie. But Adam's obviously entering a different program where he's not going to be counted on to score fifteen points a game, right? Um, so, but it seemed like Brad made it sound like he thinks Adam is more college ready than than Io was at this point. What do you think? 
he adds right away? And how ready do you think he is to make a, you know, all freshman kind of big 10 level impact? Yeah, I think he's ready, obviously, to, to come in and play a big role, uh, especially if I was gone here and need him to do that. Uh, it's encouraging. I know the staff's very encouraged what they saw from him when he played with USA Basketball over the summer and to get in a, an environment where he doesn't have to be the guy, where he can then, similar to Io coming in, where he then focused a little bit more on defense, uh, just playing a complementary role and, and, and kind of picking his spots where Macker and Fire, you know where the ball's going. It's going to Adam. He's got to create for himself and – and put up a, a high volume of shots, which is something that they, they want to get his clips up here at Illinois too, but uh, not force the issue. So I, I think that you look at that, you, you talk, I've talked to Nick Irvin a couple of times here in the last couple of months. And, and he says locking in on defense for sure with Adam is something that they need to see. And that's going to be a key uh, for how much trust Brad puts in him early on. But uh, when you think about whether it's IO coming back, which again, we'll get into that. Uh, or putting the ball in under Cabello's hands, to have Adam spotting up and, and having someone that can really create space for him and get him open looks, that, that's a guy that can shoot at a really high level. I think that just opens things up for him. And if he gets the ball on the break, he can push it and, and take it to the rim too. Very, pretty darn good athleticism. That's one thing that he really stands out over Io as well. So uh, we'll see how the system clicks and, and just getting everything as far as the transition. But uh, he's definitely got the tools to come in and make an impact. I was surprised Brad actually talked a lot about his defense, which is something we don't hear a lot. But uh, he uh, obviously seemed uh, to see, think that I, Adam Miller can bring that right away. Um, how, how would you compare him to a couple other guys? Like DJ Richardson came in, was was pretty good. Kendrick Nunn came in, had flashes, and, and got going. I, I kind of see that level of impact because those guys were joining kind of better teams at the time. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Kendrick, for sure, uh, obviously beyond the fact that they're both lefties and, and can put up put up numbers, uh, for sure. He, he's a bigger body than a DJ Richardson. And I do think that uh, the fact that he can guard multiple positions there is something that he's able to do. Um, someone that can, can finish through contact. He's got a, a pretty decent frame to him already. I know they're excited to, whenever they can get him with Fletch, to add to that. And uh, you, you watch his highlight tapes and he's no dunk on somebody if he gets that opportunity. So, uh, with Kendrick, I think that's a that's a pretty decent comp, and, and someone again, if you uh, don't rely too much on him early, but put him in a situation where he's not the one A guy, and, and of course you got Kofi, that's going to be a big focus. But uh, as far as defenses adjusting to that and trying to deal with Kofi, trying to deal with Curbelo off ball screens, Adam's going to have a lot of ideal opportunities to be able to score. And um, I, I think he's shown again, USA basketball, that he knows how to play in a team environment and just the chemistry with the guys and adjusting I, I think you can similar to those guys come in and make shots early well and like Kendrick maybe somebody eventually with NBA potential didn't think it would come this late for, for Kendrick but it but it has okay uh before we get into we're gonna dare to dream a little bit as, as Lon likes to do and Carp likes to do a little bit later but the transfer market is uh kind of coming into focus a little bit for the Illinois and it feels like Shondi Brown from Wake Forest, more than any target so far, has really been a focus. Like he's actually been right in their line of sight, and it sounds like you know he's going through the process. And I think Derek, you've you've talked about Illinois, talked with him very much so here recently. So, what's the latest on him, and, and just what could he do for Illinois um, either next year or have to sit out a year and, and go the year after that? 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting now that with what the NCAA has said about not recommending the one-time transfer exception going into effect right now. So he'd need a waiver as far as Danny Manning getting fired. And there, there's real no concrete rule in right now where that is something that they uh, grant. So it'd be interesting, always is interesting with, with the NCAA, but uh, the staff would, would take him either way, uh, whether it's a sit one, play one, or, or come in and play right away. I know Shondi wants to, to play right away, but – He's really someone at six foot five that can play a small ball four, and they potentially call it playing four guards. Uh, but he's really, really physical. Will remind you a bit, kind of a cross between a Ravante Rice and a and Andres Feliz, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that uh, I'm sure Illini fans will take. But um, defensively, is something that you, you kind of gotta. We'll see. Wake Forest was a terrible defensive team last year. They were worse in the ACC. They play a lot of matchup zone. So I, I think that has a, a little bit to do with it, maybe a lot a lot of it to do with um, some struggles there. His grade outs weren't particularly high, but he's someone that can really, really drive it. It's hard to stay in front of him. He finishes through contact. And a capable three-point shooter, especially when he's left open, is unguarded catch and shoot, essentially guys that can drive and kick and get him clean looks. He shot about 57 58% from three on those. So that will be very, very welcome from a team that saw a lot of guys, whether it was DeMonte, even Trent, Lake, Felice, Kipper, they got clean looks and just didn't knock them down. So uh, in Illinois in his final four. He's from Orlando. And to that, Orlando Antigua, when he's at USF, got to know him. Trent Frazier, same class out of Florida, both All-Staters in Florida. I know that Trent's been working it. And the staff just had a virtual in-home visit with Shondi this past week. And sounds like they're doing pretty well in that, that recruitment. I'm glad you mentioned Andres Felice is kind of the comp, even though he's obviously bigger than Andres, but that's his role, right? Attacking the basket, getting some of those easy buckets. More so than Alan Griffin, who's positionally might be more similar, uh, but rebound-wise, attacking the basket, he, he seems pretty similar to Felice. And, and you mentioned Ravante. I loved watching Ravante. He was on some yeah. pretty bad teams. I know you caught up with him this week, uh, but I'll take that kind of player as well. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. And, and when you have shooters, you're expecting to have shooters in Adam Miller, Austin Hutcherson, expecting Trent Frazier to get back to, hoping that he gets back to um, what he's able to do from beyond the arc to add somebody that can, can drive it, can get in there, that can score. He's someone that has shown that he can push the ball. Um, if He's got pretty good handles for, for being somewhat of a small forward or, again, a small ball forward. He can, he can take it coast to coast. You see some some drives that, okay, that, that's Felice-like. Yeah. Uh, and that, and then again, yeah, rebounding. If he's able to put up uh, so far about five and a half, six rebounds a game, uh, that would be a welcomed addition and really give Brad a lot of lineup versatility. Seems seems like a Brad Underwood guy, uh, that, that's for sure. Um, okay, so would you think a lot of people are wondering about the reclass guys, Brandon Weston, uh, Jordan Nesbitt possibly. I think the big guys would be most uh, – depend on whether Kofi comes back. If he leaves, I would imagine they can get one of those guys. Uh, but I would imagine Shondi Brown determines kind of those reclass guys as well. Yeah, I think so. And, and in general, the, the buzz has been to take – to try to take one of Weston or Nesbitt as a reclass and then keep the other one in 2021 and try to pursue them there. Uh, most likely not bringing in two more freshmen to make a, a five-man uh, class coming in. But, yeah, Shondi Brown would take precedent as far as trying to bring him in right away, especially if you can get the waiver. Um, 
which he and should, by the there. way, which he should. Like we're talking about uh, some of these other guys, like the kid that just transferred in the offensive lineman from Mississippi State. Like if the coach gets fired, let the kid yeah. go. But it, it's too simple, Derek, and the NCAA doesn't do simple. Can't have too much progress in one offseason, yeah, right? right. They, they got name, image, and likeness out of the way. And if they fixed everything, then they wouldn't have anything to do right. going forward. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, again, there's still talks about Brandon Weston, who seems academically in place to be able to make the jump if he wants to. It's more about does he want another year to develop? Uh, Nesbitt is old for his class, originally a 2020 guy. Can he go back to that? I think they're looking at some transcripts, but uh, you would – if you take Shandy, I think you might wait a little bit as far as because then if you get Io back and and Kofi, you're full. Unless of course you you have an exit, which you usually find a way to make room if you want to take quality guys. Uh, I, I do want to ask you about one transfer. It doesn't sound like Illinois is involved, but there's an Illinois connection, and, and I think he's going to be playing somewhere in Illinois. Uh, Javon Freeman Liberty uh, played at Valpo. is a nephew of Marcus Liberty. He put up monster numbers this past year at Vanderbilt, 19 points, six rebounds per game, one of the best players uh, in the, that league, the Horizon League there. Um, are they in Missouri Valley now, Valpo? Yeah, right? Valpo, yeah. Yeah, they, yep. they just moved there. Uh, so, yeah, this is – this is a big transfer, and it sounds like you know Northwestern. I know there was buzz there last year. DePaul is the one I would probably watch out for, but somebody's going to get a good player there. Yeah, for sure. And Javon has come out and said that he wants to go closer to home, which Valpo is only about an hour away from Chicago. So in terms of going to Champaign, that, that wouldn't really make sense. I know the Illinois, the staff thinks he's a good player and very familiar with him, played at Whitney Young. Uh, and in the Valley, he's been two-time all-defense. The one struggle for him so far has been his three-point percentage. He hasn't been great there. Uh, but he's someone that's got athleticism, that can handle the ball, that can attack the rim, uh, and, again, can really defend. They had some interest in him last offseason. It uh, didn't sound like he was in academic standing to make the jump to the Big Ten, whether it be Illinois, Northwestern, who actually hosted him for a visit, didn't end up taking him because of that, I think, as far as I know. But haven't heard of Northwestern being involved again now. DePaul is, and, and that seems to be the expectation. All right, Derek, you mentioned the possibility of not taking a reclass because you're full on scholarships. Let's dare to dream, okay? Ayo yep. uh, Desumu, he just picked – the timing has not worked out for him, it seems like, because we're, we're seeing the buzz trickle in, whether it's you know Brad telling Teddy Greenstein of the Tribune that the, it's kind of mixed bag with what his stock is, or you see Sam Vicente not include him in his mock draft, partly because of what he hears – uh, you know, either Io should do or will do when it comes to, to leaving the draft. Uh, and you just don't see him in mock drafts. The ESPN guys have barely ever had him in their mock drafts. And I think SI had him 55th. Uh, so he's got a really tough decision because if I were them and, and Io and his parents and his family, I've seen there, what more can we do at the college level? And it just feels like terrible timing that they couldn't work out for teams. They couldn't go meet teams because I think he would shine there. Uh, and he didn't get an NCAA tournament and Big Ten tournament, right? And I think you and I know he probably would have been really good there uh, because that's what he does. He steps up in those big-time moments. So before, I guess, we dare to dream, what do you make of him? Because I think Kofi, if he wants to go, I guess he can go. Um, but I think everyone's telling him to go back. Uh, Io, it seems like it's more of a mixed bag and a much tougher decision. Yeah, it is. And again, it's unfortunate for Io. And, and we had Brad on the show last week and, and he said we, we referenced 
the Dean Smith talk with Michael Jordan where Michael Jordan wanted to come back and Dean Smith said, no, you, you got to go, man. And, and he said that had IO taken Illinois on a run that he was kind of preparing himself to say, okay, you need to go try this. You, you've done what you needed to do. And uh, I think the expectation is at least on our end around the, the Illinois um, staff is that Illinois was going to be a dangerous team, win some games, in the big 10 tournament, advance in the NCAA tournament and, I think Iowa stock would have elevated to a pretty desirable place where he'd feel comfortable with making that jump. Not having that, not having the combine, not having these workouts right now has really hindered that. I still am surprised that he's not on a, on a mock draft. I, I just, with all that he showed in the final 10 to 15 games of the year, I, I'm surprised that I don't see him on one of those mock drafts, just being a draft pick and somewhere yeah. in the second round, try to take that chance. But I think what people are starting to say as far as the negatives, of course, is the three-point shot. Um, some of his performances against the other top draft picks on the schedule, I had it right here, Arizona, Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota with Oturu. When you combine those six games, he only shot 37% from the yeah. field and five for 23 for three. So that's not great in terms of scouts probably watching those particular games and him not showing out. You remember the game – at home against Maryland or at home against Michigan State. He wasn't great. He wasn't great. Um, but, again, I I just think he's done enough to get picked. But I, I And I know that he's very, very prideful. And I know that he has it in his mind that if he's going to get doubted, he's going to work so hard, which he's shown he can work and, and improve, that he's going to make it, which I wouldn't doubt him too much if he was in the G League and found his way. Right. But is he going to have some kind of willingness to – to go back if all the the input is ultimately not good enough. I think we both know it's going to be an informed decision. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty wise decision, but I, I think it's going to come down to, okay, you think you can get drafted. Maybe some team takes you late. If you don't, though, are you at peace with that, right? Like, are you willing to go into the G League and make a normal person salary, right, for a year or two and try to get a two-way contract and, and try to bust your way through there? Are you willing to go overseas? And, and we don't know what that market looks like right now because basketball is not being played there. Um, th- that's the uncertainty there. And the other part of it, I think about it, you mentioned name, image, and likeness. If that was going into effect right now, th- that could make the decision a lot easier for Io. Because, I mean, you come back to Illinois, Derek, and I-, I will maintain, if he, Kofi, and Shondi Brown came back, I think Illinois is the favorite in the Big Ten. I'm not trying to drink Kool-Aid, but I just think they're better defensively than Iowa, and Iowa and Kofi are the best tandem in the Big Ten, in my opinion, next year. So if he did that and he came back, he's the face of it, he's probably a preseason All-American, he could probably make more than $50,000. If you want to go high-end, maybe he could make six figures, especially if they go on a long run here and win a Big Ten title. But, of course, that doesn't happen for another year. So it's another bad timing for Iowa Jusuma. I just feel for him. Yeah, absolutely. And he's he's a very remarkable guy and knows all about branding. He's shown that, obviously not making money off of that. But uh, the fact that even up in Chicago, I think you could market him and, and he could make a nice, nice penny off of that for sure. Uh, another thing to consider, I think, our NBA team is going to be less willing, say, um, if he does go to the mid-second round, are they going to be less willing to give that guy a guaranteed contract where now that's kind of been – some of the norm into the early to mid-second round where those guys get two- or three-year deals and they can send them to the G League. They're still getting paid that guaranteed money. Now with the NBA potentially hurting like that, 
they, they might not they, you get drafted and be a Tony Carr, which Tony Carr was, I think, in the 50s. And he, he didn't get a contract. He went overseas because he just didn't get paid. And they're very similar prospects, actually. I've always thought those guys were kind of similar guys, except Io, I think, rose to another level uh, in some big games and, and helped his uh, program break through. Uh, Derek, Kofi, I, I think the decision's more clear um, for him. I think most people say he should come, come back. And, and Jeff Goodman had the story, and he had the quote from an exec that NBA teams are intrigued. That's what I always say with him. With him. Like, I know he's not the NBA big man nowadays, but he's just a little bit different than everybody else, right? At his size, he moves well enough. There's flashes of this skill that we see every once in a while, but even at 20 years old, turning 21 in September, he's still just so raw. Yeah. He still has a lot to show, a lot to improve on. And just, we've talked about a lot, the growth that he made from the time he got to Illinois until the end of the season. If he went back and did, you know, was able to ascend yet again uh, in in a similar way, he could be in a pretty decent position coming out of his sophomore year to then get drafted. But yeah, I mean, what's not to, to be intrigued about? He's seven foot and he runs pretty well. He's strong as heck. And he's still fairly untapped as far as his low post game. So uh, I think he's still got a lot to show, a lot to grow. Um, but if he did said, I'm going in, I'm staying in, would he be worth a, worth a chance? I think someone would think he would be. Yeah, I think he's worth a lottery ticket um, at some point. But uh, if he doesn't get drafted, that's where I, I I wonder, you know, he could be G League, but I don't know how much money he'd be making. All right, let's say everything goes Illinois basketball's way, okay? I, I want Io to get drafted, and if Kofi could get drafted, I would want that for those guys. And it would be good for the program to have a couple draft picks. But say Kofi comes back, as most people expect. Say Io comes back because he doesn't like what he's hearing. And they add Shondi Brown. I mean, I just, I just made the claim, Derek. That's the Big Ten title favorite. Am I right? Am I wrong? I think you're right. I, I have a hard time arguing with that. Iowa would be very, very talented getting Luca back, and if Jordan Bohannon is healthy, uh, of course, that's a low to deal with offensively. Although, look, Iowa and Kofi is a tandem again with. Adam with Curbelo with Trent. If Georgie takes a step, just comes back to, to something, and he figures it out over the offseason. Uh, Shondi Brown, if he's able to be immediately eligible in that mix as well, uh, there's just a lot there for Illinois. And you mentioned earlier a team that figured it out defensively. Don't trust that with Iowa. Iowa, the two things, the hangups for me with Iowa is they've no matter pick a year in the last five years, they can be very, very talented. They just don't play defense. And also they are not one that tends to finish very well on the stretch under Fran McCaffrey. So uh, Michigan state's still another one not to sleep on too much, losing Cassius, losing Tillman. If they find a point guard here, they have a freshman coming in who's a top 100, but if they were able to get a grad transfer, I'm not sure what else is out there. Cream Maine, they've been in on, um, from, from Canada, who's borderline five-star type of guy to pair with Mark Rocket Watts, Lee Call, uh, and, and some of those other pieces they have. But and then Wisconsin, Wisconsin's in there because they lose, they don't lose anybody but Brevin Pretzel. But yeah, I think Illinois 
if you get if all those things go right for you, it's hard. It's hard to argue against it. Yeah, I, I think they're no question top four. Um, whether they'd win, I mean, we know it's it's up for grabs. Um, but I, I think you know I was getting all this press, and they should. Uh, they're going to be really, really good. But I, I just look at that Illinois team, and I say, hey, they split. If they're returning basically everybody, plus they had two top top fifty recruits then I think they should be top 10 preseason as well. And I think it'd just be the level, maybe not 0405 level hype going into a season, but certainly when Frank Williams was there, right? And they won back-to-back Big Ten titles. It's just this Big Ten uh, is a little bit more loaded. I agree with you on Michigan State, though. They lose Cassius and they lose Tillman, but those are usually the years that then they turn into like Final Four years, right? And they got Rocket Watts, they got uh, Henry, they got uh, Malik Hall, right? Like Hauser's coming in. And it's is it's Izzo. Josh Langford is he still there? I think he's still there. (laughs) Seventh year, Josh Langford, Uh, and that Michigan's going to be talented. I I think Franz Wagner is going to be probably one of the best NBA prospects in there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I can't. I hope that happens, Derek. That if that happens, where Io Kofi come back, those Illinois Iowa games, man, like how epic are those going to be? It's going to be so much fun. Insane. Insane. Uh, I love the rivalry dynamic, the the hatred between, between those two. Uh, Io being the one guy, we love it from the media perspective, was it able to be honest with us? Like, hey, we, just, we don't like them. We don't like them. They don't like us. Uh, I would love to see that. Uh, Kofi versus Luka Garza for uh, another set of games uh, would be great to see. Uh, but I, I could really envision those two duking it out of the top of the, of the league and uh, again, as you said, as far as marketability, if Io comes back and and with, with what they could do with Shondi, I think they could go to a Final Four. They they yeah. they can make a run. Their their odds all of a sudden, if you're talking about odds makers, they got to be in the top ten to fifteen as far as being able to win a title. Um, if that were the case, what would your starting five be, Derek? This is a tough question. This is something that's going around on the message board this week. Uh, I have a hard time keeping Curbelo out. And I know that when I was on the floor, he's your guy initiating the offense. He's running the pick and roll. And if Curbelo's not a decent three-point shooter, that could hurt you a little bit. Uh, but but I, Do people forget, though, like you're, you're mentioning this, Andres Felice and I were on the court a lot yes. together and with Trent Frazier. So that's why I, people are like, well, I has got to be the point guard. He really wasn't last year. I mean, Andres yeah. was that guy a lot. Trent was off the ball, and Io and, and Andres would kind of switch ball handling. Uh, so I think that can work as long as the other guy on the wing can shoot. And that's the question with Sean D. Brown, right? He's an okay shooter. Uh, he's not a deadly shooter. So that would be the issue when those two are on the court. But I agree, those two are, are going to be probably two of your best players. Yeah, towards the, the last couple of weeks of the season, Felice and Io started together. They played the last five games 55% of the time. Those two were on the court at the same time. So we'll go, we'll stick with it. Curbelo, Io for sure, Kofi for sure, Shondi for sure. I think Shondi's your small ball four. Yeah. And you're either slotting in Adam Miller or Trent Frazier. And it's hard. Some would say, okay, Trent as a senior coming off the bench, I, I don't know if I buy that, but at the same time, some would say, look, Adam Miller, he, he's ready to start. I, I, that, that's where it gets a little complicated. Well, yeah, and Adam Miller defensively, you know, would complement probably Curbelo a little bit better, right? If you got Miller yes. and Io, longer guys with Curbelo. If you have Trent and 
Corbello. Those are two smaller guys. That's fun though, isn't it? <laughs> like that's that's dare to dream right there. Man, the issues of of Trent Frazier and Georgie Bashanish really coming off your bench, or Derek. Uh, Kofi and Io could both leave, and those guys you got to count on for double digit points every game. Yeah, for sure. Didn't mention Demonte Williams either, yeah. and uh, that's a guy I can definitely defend, but I think Shondi would get the nod over him. They're similar body types. We'll, we'll see how well, again, how well Shondi can defend, but yeah, it would be a good problem to have. And that bench would be pretty formidable as far as if you, whether it's Adam or Trent, with a Hutcherson with a Grandison. I think Grandison can play four as well and, and play that small ball role. Uh, pretty pretty legit, man. Yeah, it's just amazing the, the spectrum we're looking at where we could be talking about a top 10 preseason team or a team that's, I don't know, bottom six in the Big Ten. Yeah, potentially. Potentially the, the pressure on Adam to be really, really good right away if I was gone, it's going to be there. Uh, if you lose Kofi, I don't know what you're doing at the five. You're, you got to play George at the five. He's not good, good defensively, at, really at the four or the five, especially at the five. Uh, not a great rebounder. You just don't don't have an answer there. Could you get a reclass? Uh, we'll see down the road. But really, really puts you in a bind if you get Kofi back. If we wanted to do a first take topic, we did this. Austin posed this to me the other day on the radio show. Who who's more important to get back, Kofi or Io? I go Kofi. It's a great first take topic, right? It is. You want both of them. But it is Kofi because you have you have no other options really, right? I mean, you you lose Io, it's obviously going to hurt. Without him, do you even win eighteen games last year, right? Yeah. But with Kofi, at least you have Miller and Curbelo and Hutcherson now coming in. Uh, you don't have another Kofi or anything near it on your roster. Yeah, it's it's juicy enough of a topic that you could debate it. You could debate it for sure. Io, how many game winners did he hit last year, or shots in the last minute, minute and a half that? swung the game to Illinois winning. They, they won a lot of those close games. And without him, without your closer, without who, if he comes back, he's not only, I mean, he's going to be, uh, he would be on national player of the year watch list. Yes. Like he could be potentially an all American. So, uh, but it, it just goes to need based. Yeah. It's the, it, it doesn't really work maybe with the war, but no, the right. replacement level player for Illinois has Hamlin and Georgie versus an Adam and Hutcherson, and just being able to fill the backcourt with those pieces. Well, it was like, I'm, I'm trying to make a comp to this. But, but, yeah, it's like if you had either, you know, you got four good off outfielders, but really only three good starting pitchers, you're more likely to deal the outfielder, right, than, than deal one of the starting yes. pitchers. It's kind of how you're sitting there. But it's a great first-take topic, but you want both of them back. And either, if you get one of them back, you're feeling pretty dang good about yourself. Uh, anything else going on in the basketball world, Derek? I mean, we're just waiting for if we're actually going to have games or a class or anything like that, too. Pretty much. Just just waiting to see. Uh, we'll be interesting now that we're not – sitting and waiting on the one-time transfer, is the NCAA going to move back to June 3rd decision date as far as the, the NBA draft and what all goes into that? It sounds like, well, the NBA still has to decide what they're going to do as far as their plans. The draft's not going to happen until the season's over because you don't know the exact order, how that shakes out. So kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, we'll see what happens here. I think in the next week or two with Shawnee Brown making a decision, uh, that's something to keep your mind on uh, as far as Illinois. But yeah, other than that, 
just kind of wait and see. Should we record right now the emergency podcast, Shondi Brown picks Illinois, just so we're covered in case the next couple hours something comes out? Or should we just record like everybody on the roster, somebody transfers, because that's the way this thing is. Oh, working. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a responsible thing to do journalistically is always have something in the, in the holster to be prepared. So maybe, maybe. All right, Derek. Appreciate right. it, man. Good to see you. Always fun, man. All right, great stuff from Derek Piper covering every angle of Illini basketball. we got a lot more coming up. And we've got an Andre Corbello feature coming up shortly of big man target breakdown coming up as well. And, of course, we've got a lot of Illini football content as they are very active in the transfer portal. But now going to focus a little bit more on that prep market. We'll have the latest on that as well. Hope you all get outside after being cooped up the last couple months. I'm seeing sunshine out my window. Went for a long run today. Looking forward to mowing my lawn. Maybe you can listen to this podcast while you're mowing your lawn. Uh, shout out to all you guys uh, and girls mowing your lawn right now while you listen to this. Appreciate you guys doing so. Hopefully we'll make your weekend a little bit better, make your days a little bit better with these podcasts because sports will be back at some point safely. I don't know if it'll be in front of all you fans, but hopefully we get this back soon so Illinois can continue uh, its rise. It hopes. Illinois football hoping to get back to a bowl game. Saw the FPI came out, had Illinois about five and a half wins. I'd take the over. I would. I would. I think this team's a little bit more talented than some people give them credit for. I think the Big Ten West still has winnable games there, and schedule really gives Illinois some some chances to pick up early wins. So I'd go the over with that. Uh, but, of course, Illinois basketball, if they get Kofi and or Io back, uh, I think they're in for another great season as well. We'll have all the latest at Illini Inquirer. If you don't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, and leave a five-star review when you do. We appreciate that. That helps us out. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.